I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. If you're in St. Louis, I'm coming tomorrow. Oh, I'm coming to town tomorrow for a big old station event for the Patriot. It's going to be sick. Oh, before we get to that and all the Ask Dr. Jesse questions, I I do have some tough news. Tough news. So, drive into the studio today. And I left the house a little bit early because I was hungry. I wanted to stop and get something to eat. It's, it's a long story. Just, I, I was in one of those modes where I didn't have anything in the house that looked good. So I thought I'll stop and grab something real quick on the way. And one of our local spots around here, I try to, I try to go local as much as possible. When I'm not you know, eating fancy at Red Lobster, I, one of my favorite local spots around here has the best freaking cheese curds you've ever had in your life. Gosh, they're so good. You don't know what, what Chris, what's your problem? Are you people not allowed to eat cheese curds? You don't know what they are? Uh, okay, it's, it's just, just think, picture a blob of cheese, just a blob of cheese. There are various sizes, uh, very similar to a cheese stick, honestly, but this place does, they do this perfect breading on them. It gives them the perfect crunch, and it's just deep fried cheese. Okay, it's deep fried cheese, buddy. That's what a cheese curd is. Yeah, cheese lump, yes. They're, they're glorious, though. They're better than cheese sticks, I will say that. And you know what a cheese stick fan I am. Don't, don't do that, Chris. You know, I'm not getting into this right now, all right? Either way, I walk, in, I walk in there today, and like a daggone American, 
I ordered some chicken wings because I got some great wings in there. And I ordered some cheese curds. Lady looks at me and she says, hey, man, supply chain problems. We're all out of cheese curds. Rest easy, cheese curds. Rest easy. Dear Shogun Oracle, I've heard you say Trump was an incredible president on foreign policy, and I agree. However, since Russia invaded Ukraine, I heard, I've heard i heard a lot from the GOP politicians and commentariat that make me feel like I took a time machine back to 2002. The base has shifted on foreign policy, but how much do you think the decision makers have? Okay, a couple of things on this. Uh, remember... You are, and honestly, this is going to sound like I'm being nice, but you know what a jerk I am. I swear on my life I'm not being nice. You are better informed and more up-to-date on the issues than your elected representatives in Congress and the Senate. You are. They, they can't help but be in a bubble. You are also going to be way ahead of them as times change and stances on issues change. You're going to be ahead of them. They're always lagging behind. Even now, like the the top issues in this country, Republicans across America should be running on culture issues. Parents in this country do not want their kids finding out how evil white people are in school. They don't want their kids being taught that. Parents across the country, Republican Independent, even most Democrats, do not want their kindergartners discussing LGBTQ insanity ever under any circumstances. Across America, people are concerned about gas prices. These are, these are the big issues people are worried about right now. Inflation, supply chains. The Republican Party will not run on these, these issues. They will not. The cultural issues should lead every Republican's ad. It won't. It won't. Why? Because they're behind. They're behind on foreign policy too. Remember, that's a big part of the reason Donald Trump had so many roadblocks thrown in front of him by everyone in D.C., Republicans included. The entire administrative state, every Democrat, half the Republicans. A big part of it was Donald Trump challenged traditional thinking there. He tried to change direction. And systems, remember, that's what I call our corrupt system we have in this country because they all have the same political ideology and it's all against you. Systems, historically, actually have a tendency to kill people who challenge them. My good buddy, Daryl Cooper, who comes on the show every now and then, he has said, I, he has said, and I agree with him on this, it sounds crazy. He said, I think Trump losing re-election might have saved his life. And I don't disagree. Look at what they did. Look at the reaction of the entire system to four years of Trump. 
Look at how it reacted like it had some deadly virus that had to be purged at any cost. A big part of that, a big part of that is foreign policy. Remember, remember how many of the, not just defense contractors, politicians, how many people in the administrative state, remember how many people in this country are highly invested in continuing America's disastrous foreign policy. It's all they've ever been taught. They're taught that it's right, and they're taught very early on that it lines their pockets. And by the way, this includes newsrooms. I brought up earlier in the show about how frustrating it is with these gigantic problems here at home, every single cable news channel, no matter what they are, You turn on the cable news channel and 90% of the coverage is Russia, Ukraine. Why? Bombed out buildings are sexy. Oh, here's here's a widow. Tell us your sad story. I'm not saying they shouldn't cover it. It should not at all dominate the news the way it is. Well, war is great business for media outlets. Keeps your eyes on it. War, to be honest with you, war is great business for everybody except for the poor guy who has to go get shot in the face. The, a, bi- a big part of why the system rejected Donald Trump was how he reworked the system. Even basic trade deals. He doesn't get any credit for this. And you know I'm more than happy to criticize Trump on some things, on, on spending. His spending was absurd, and his personnel decisions were nothing short of embarrassing. But Donald Trump was an excellent president on so many issues. So many issues. His trade deal renegotiation, he doesn't get any credit for that. He flat out renegotiated gigantic trade deals to help American workers. And do you have any idea how many business people, people in various, I don't want to call them quasi-government agencies, do you know how many of them were highly invested in the status quo, remaining the status quo, and Trump gets in there and he starts carving up bottom lines? You start making enough rich, powerful people angry, you can find yourself six feet under real quick. Ask Jeffrey Epstein. That's how it works. I mean, that's how the real world works. What I'm saying to you is what you believe about foreign policy, about America keeping our butts out of things for the most part. Not isolationist, but very non-interventionist. That is where the party has shifted. Certainly where I've shifted. It's where you've shifted. Our political leaders are going to be behind, and they're going to remain behind us on that, I mean trailing behind us on that, until we insist otherwise, until we insist that they come alongside us and think like we think about things. Because we have such a broken system now that you can have guys like Lindsey Graham, Joe Biden, Mitt Romney, I mean pick, pick your politician from either party who bangs the war drums all the time, who've never been shot at once in their lives, have no idea what it feels like to have that crackle whistle by their head, and yet they're more than willing to go invade everywhere else. And that is a broken system. And don't get me wrong, pockets are getting lined all the time underneath that system. So yes, they're behind, and they're wrong, and they're going to do everything they can to try to force their way. And that's a big part of why you've seen so much investment media-wise and politically in Ukraine. And again, I don't care if you feel strongly about Ukraine. I, I get that. Oh, totally. It's a small country getting invaded by a country we hate, Russia. I get, I get feeling for Ukraine. 
But if you can't wake up and realize how much you're being emotionally manipulated by your politicians and your media, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Why? Because war is big business, baby, and they don't have to die in it. Oh, it's your sons, my sons that have to go die in it. Them? No, no. They'll get to sound heroic and patriotic giving speeches about it. That's another reason politicians love it. You sound like a, you sound like Mr. America up there. We will send our troops to war. I mean, look, we sat. Hey, you remembered. Freedom isn't free. And, and do you support a no-fly zone in Ukraine? I, 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 I support everything that has to do with punishing Vladimir Putin and helping the Ukrainians. Wouldn't that mean direct conventional warfare with Russia? I don't know what it will mean, but you know freedom is not free. So you don't know what a no-fly zone will mean. If you, you have to shoot down Russian planes, I mean. Of course. So conventional war with Russia. Listen, thank you. Freedom isn't free. You see how easily it just rolls off the tongue for the people who don't have to die? Yeah. All right. Hey, it's almost the weekend. I know it's Friday. Well, maybe it is the weekend if you're podcasting it after the show, but it's almost the weekend. Are you going to practice with your weapon this weekend? Do me a favor. 10 minutes. That's all I'm asking. For 10 minutes, get out your Mantis X Put it on your weapon and practice. There are no excuses. You don't have to buy gas to go to the range. You don't have to buy ammo to go to the range. You can get a Mantis X system and practice in the comfort of your home. 10 minutes. I'll give you my word. I will practice at least 10 minutes with my Mantis X this weekend. You do the same. Look, the Marine Corps uses this for a reason. The Special Forces guys use this for a reason. Military-grade technology with feedback right there in your home. They'll get you better. Go to MantisX.com and get one today. MantisX.com. Ten minutes. That's all I asked this weekend. MantisX.com. Fighting for your freedom every day. USA! USA! The Jesse USA! Kelly Show. Dancing in the gym. You both kicked off your shoes. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday. Don't forget, my special for the first TV drops tonight on the killing fields and Pol Pot and communism. You got to go be a first TV supporter to watch it, though. So go to the firsttv.com slash support and watch it. I mean, or we can talk about the new world order. And now's the time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's going to be a new world order out there. Mm. And we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. That doesn't sound good. Let's get back to the Dr. Jesse question. Now, look, let's, let's dwell on this for just a quick second. Remember, we talk about it all the time, about what your three leaders, what, what, what three characteristics all our cultural leaders have in common now. One, no love of country. None. Oftentimes they hate it, but there's no love of country. There's no patriotism there. Two, no connection to the real world. These people have no idea how you live. That's why when you're getting slaughtered and trying to buy beef in the grocery store or a gallon of gas, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, feels totally comfortable going on television and says, hey, have a margarita. Remember when she did that? Go to a kickboxing class. That's no big deal. Like these, these, these wealthy urbanites, I'll tell you what, there's, there's something how they live. And three, they believe they should rule over you. I don't mean be elected. I mean, they believe they should be able to rule as kings and queens. 
They despise, despise the limits on their power put on them by the various Western democracies. They think it's ridiculous that they should be limited, that you should have these freedoms. You shouldn't have the freedoms. These are our, these are our God kings. They should be able to make their decisions. That's why they've always wanted something like a new world order. What was wrong with the old world? If you were to actually ask them that and they were forced to answer honestly, they would simply tell you, well, the old world, it, it made me run for office and have to take popular positions with the people. I, I don't want that. I want a new world where I can do as I please, as a god king should. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's gonna be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it, and we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I have a question. Would you rather watch endless hours of women's basketball or endless loops of Kamala and Hillary cackling? Oh, it, hear me out. I say women's basketball, and this is why. This is why. With women's basketball, you would at least get some level of comic relief, right? You would be able to enjoy th- certain parts of it. Certainly those, those amazing breakaway layups and stuff like that. You would, you would enjoy it. But there's something about only having things piped into your ears that is brutal. And you know this because this is used as an interrogation technique around the world by various governments, including ours. Oh, yeah, Chris, if you, uh, if you play the sound of a baby crying, it's something about, I'm sure it's how God made us so you would want to react to your baby crying, but there is something about a baby crying that creates a visceral reaction in people. That's why, that's why you'll see people start scowling at some poor young mother with a crying baby on an airplane. Don't ever do that, by the way. She knows, she's, she knows it's annoying. She's, she's aware and she's embarrassed. Don't ever glare at that woman. What, Chris? Chris, I can't hear you. Turn on the microphone. If she's just leaving it there, it's a problem. What's she supposed to do with it? Chris, toss it out the window? She's trying to, com- she's trying to comfort the baby. They're always trying. Look, I've had to get off a plane before because of a crying baby. We were flying. From, I forget we were flying from uh, somewhere. We were flying from somewhere back east back to Tucson. This is when we were living in Tucson. And my, my oldest... He was super young. I think he was one, one and a half, and he didn't like flying at the time. He loves it now. He couldn't get his ears to pop. And you have to fly into, if you don't have any money, you have to fly into little connections in Phoenix first, and then you fly down to Tucson. It's about a two-hour drive, 30-minute flight from Phoenix to Tucson. We're flying into Phoenix, and it's so brutal. My kid is making such a scene on the airport, crying. We're giving him candy, trying to get his ears to pop, everything we can do. We can't get it done. It's so bad by the time we get off the airplane, we tell the flight people, get our bags down to baggage claim. And we went down to baggage claim and rented a car and drove the rest of the way to Tucson. That's how it was. So believe me when I tell you, I know what that feeling is when your kid's going crazy. And then, all right, back, back to what we were talking about. about the, when you're piping in noise to people that is brutal, it can break you. It really can. I mean, we will as a, as a, I mean, I don't know how much of this is official, but we absolutely will pipe in sounds of babies crying when we're trying to interrogate people here. It's something that happens. Okay. Other countries will take it a step further. They'll pipe in sounds of uh, like women screaming. That's another thing about how God made us a woman screaming, especially in a man. It creates some kind of a reaction. You can't take it. 
And so, I, I mean, if you could, if you, if someone tied you down and forced you to listen to endless hours of this, how long before your mind just breaks? <laughs> the Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That was, what, 30 seconds? And you're sitting there with your skin crawling already. I know you are because mine is. That was 30 seconds? What if that's 30 minutes? What if that's three days? Oh, just tell me. Look, I'll sign any confession you want. Just, just, just kill me, please. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Yo, Jesse, you hate corn nuts and corn tortillas. I agree mostly on both, but my question is, are you a fan of corn on the cob? In my house, that is a summer staple. Well, I won't say fan. I definitely eat corn on the cob. And like a true Kelly, I set it down on top of a whole stick of butter and rub it back and forth so it's just dripping in butter. And then I take salt and pepper and pour salt and pepper over it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I was in the Marines, not the Navy, so I don't eat it lengthwise. But I do enjoy corn on the cob. But I would never, I'd never seek it out. I'll put it to you that way. I'd never seek it out. Jesse, have you ever considered having a co-host for your show? Love the show. Seems to be doing a lot better than that fishing boat you sank. You know, that's not very nice. He says I can say his name. His name is Chad. I didn't sink the fishing boat. I'm the one that had a fish on the line. There were two other guys in the boat that should have been watching for rocks. That's one, two. A co-host. Okay, I have a little story to tell you. I'm going to have to figure out how to say this story without giving anything away, but I have a story to tell you. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And remember, you can email the show even while we're doing it here live. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Go download the podcast if you miss any part of it iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. It's all on there. The question was about a co-host. I mean, look, we can focus on that or we can focus on this and cry together. Are you confident that the Fed won't tighten into a recession? Look, I don't think anybody can be 100% confident of anything at this point. We're uh, in uncertain territory. I think that that's the... That's not good. That's Brian Deese, economic advisor to the president. That doesn't sound good. So let's focus. Look, we can focus on that, or we can focus on me. What, Chris? I want to focus on what's beautiful, so let's talk about me. <laughs> okay, all right. Listen, the guy asked about a co-host. I, uh, this, is, this is some time ago. This is quite a while ago, a couple years ago. I actually had a little bit of an offer to be a co-host with somebody. And I... <sighs> It probably would have been not a huge step up at that point in time, career-wise, but definitely would have been a step up to where I was from where I was. And I said no. I'm not saying I'm right, but it's not that I don't enjoy working with other people. I mean, I have guests on my shows all the time. Definitely my TV show. I mean, I've even got guests on for my a special tonight on the first TV on the Killing Fields. I even have guests there, so I like guests. I like working with other people. There are other people I work with really, really well. We just play off each other well. Like, like Buck, Buck Sexton, Clay and Buck. Actually, both those guys now because I go on their show all the time. But before they became Clay and Buck, I did all kinds of media with Buck too because he also has a show on the first TV and I've done a bunch of radio with him. Buck and I just do, we, we work well together. That said, I don't know that I would want to be a co-host with anybody on the planet 
not because I'm certainly not because I'm better. I just don't think my style would lend itself to having a co-host. And a lot of that is because of how all over the map I am. I mean, what have we talked about? We just got done talking about torture techniques and Kamala Harris laughing. We've talked about coronavirus so far on the show. We've talked about we were how how many different various topics do I go through in a three hour show? It's a lot. I mean, it is a lot of topics, right? That's not normal. You'll see for other shows, they'll get, you know, one or two consistent themes and they'll stick with it throughout the show. And that's not me saying mine is better. It's because I'm all over the place and I like, I like changes of pace. I like to laugh. Then I like to get serious and back to laughing. Then we can, maybe we could cry together. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to cry, but you understand what I mean. I'm so all over the place. And I think if I had a co-host it wouldn't give me the freedom to just randomly pause everything and go off on some stupid story about something I did, about something dumb I did, right? That makes sense? I feel like I'd have to tell the co-host a lot, hey, uh, you just sit this one out. I want to talk. And doesn't that seem rude? I think that seems rude. But I'm rude, Chris. I might be able to do it. I might be able to do it. You never know. Jesse, big fan here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Could you please define the word neocon? Thanks for getting me laughing every weekday respectfully, I didn't say I could use her name, so I can't use your name, Um, neocon. Obviously, that word means neoconservative. And what it is, is America changed its foreign policy. A lot of this actually, let's pause. Let's do a little history. Again, something I may not be able to do if I had a co-host. Let's do a little history. How did we get to this foreign policy in America where trouble breaks out somewhere and we feel obligated to send in the troops. We feel obligated to get involved everywhere. I mean, you understand that is exactly polar opposite of how we were founded. Go look at George Washington's farewell address. He actually explicitly says in there, stay out of Europe's wars. They're always in wars. We're just going to trade with everyone. Be left alone. And get this, get this. You and I... We're in the minority as far as the percentage of history where America has operated in that way, as far as invade everywhere, send troops everywhere. For the vast majority of America's history, America wanted nothing to do with foreign conflicts. Up to World War I, Woodrow Wilson did everything he could to get us involved in World War I, and it was something that pulled over 90% of America said, uh, no, not getting involved, not getting involved. Same thing with World War II. I mean, that's that's World War II, right? Hitler and all the Britain and the Soviet Union and all that craziness. And, and now, imagine now, it would be almost a no-brainer. People would just assume, well, yeah, we're going to get involved. With all that stuff going on, again, pulled over 90% of the country did not want to get involved in World War II. Nope, not our problem. That's their problem. And then the idiotic Japanese came and bombed us at Pearl Harbor. And then the doubly idiotic Hitler declared war on us a couple weeks later. We would have just focused on Japan, but that freaking moron just declares war on the most powerful country on earth. Now we're involved. So that was different. Where that really changed was post-Korea. Po- or, or, or really during Korea, but post-Korea. Okay, so we finished World War II. And then remember, I did a, a history podcast on this about a month ago. Korea cooks off because we're in this this weird part in the world after World War II where the communist Soviet Union controls so much and we control so much and we're, we're having to rebuild our areas and we're very, very, very concerned about the spread of communism. 
And then it's, it's one of those things where you tell your kid not to touch the stove and tell your kid not to touch the stove. And then you look over and the stove's on and you see your kid reaching up to touch the stove and he touches the stove and scalds his fingers and he's screaming and crying. When North Korea invaded South Korea, it was a confirmation for us of all of our worst fears that this communism thing is not something that's going to stay within borders. It's going to aggressively spread everywhere. And so we sent all our guys over there and they fought that nasty little conflict, the Korean War, and we fought them back up into the north. And we almost got, you know, almost got our butts kicked in the process, but we got out of the whole thing. But after that, remember, prior to the Korean War, after World War II, prior to the Korean War, the military went back to being what it was always supposed to be, very small, very, very small, especially the army. Highly trained, specialized guys who can train people up fast. We were always supposed to have a really strong Navy at all times because you can't just snap your fingers and make one of those. But the military is supposed to be very small, small, highly trained. Then if you need one quickly, you can train guys up. That's how it went back to after World War II. Then Korea happened. And we had guys going through boot camp on the ships on the way to Korea. That's how raw some of our guys were. And after that... It really shocked America awake that, oh my gosh, we can't afford to ever reduce our forces. We always have to have this gigantic military that can and will get involved anywhere and everywhere. And really since that time, we have. And it has created in the minds of so many Americans on the left and the right, definitely our politicians on the right still have this in their minds that that is somehow good and patriotic and the way things should be, and they'll, they'll lob words at you like traitor if you don't want to get involved in some other place. And let me just be clear, wherever we stand on foreign policy, you can have disagreements with me, obviously. I don't have everything figured out. You don't have everything figured out. But there's something that's not debatable. That is not what America was founded upon and not what the founders wanted. They warned specifically and emphatically about having a country that got involved in other countries' conflicts all the time. That is not what we were supposed to be and not what we were founded on. However, we've had so many decades now of that that these neocons think that that's just how things are supposed to be. That is not how things are supposed to be. Not how things are supposed to be. All right. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget to download the podcast, iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. We have a ton more Ask Dr. Jesse questions after this. But first, let's talk about putting your money where your morals are. I brought up earlier about, about trying to shop with companies that share our values. And, and more specifically, honestly, not shopping with companies who hate us. Are you... Sending your cell phone money every month to Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile. You don't need me to talk you into anything. Go look for yourself. Go look for yourself the ad campaigns those companies run with the money you send them. And I'm not judging you. I've had all three of those. I actually just switched from T-Mobile when I switched the whole family to Pure Talk. With Pure Talk, you never get that ever and you never will. You get the same great coverage. You're not sacrificing anything. They're on the same 5G network as one of the big guys. It takes less than 10 minutes to switch. You can get a new phone, new number, or keep your phone and keep your number. It's, it's cake from your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. 
That's on top of all the other savings. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And look, I've got to be honest. When I heard Joe Biden, <laughs> when I heard Joe Biden say this. Madam President, I know, I know that eliminating r- Russian gas will have costs for Europe. But it's not only the right thing to do from a moral standpoint. It's going to put us on a much stronger strategic footing. It made me think of this scene from Shrek. Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice. I am willing to make. (laughs) Hey, look, this could have devastating effects on Europe, but it's the moral thing to do. Anyway, back to my motorcade where I'm going to hop on Air Force One and fly home eating fillets, baby. Gosh. Jesse, uh, the subject of this one is we all needed Zelensky. Jesse, regardless of where one falls on the political spectrum, it was certainly refreshing to see a political figure choose to fight for his country versus deserting his people and living a life of luxury and exile. What percentage of our nation's politicians would choose preserving our national sovereignty over retaining their power? I will say this. I think this is actually a huge part of American fascination, not only with Zelensky, but the people who are out there who are fascinated with Putin. Now, look, if you want to sit and point to uh, this guy's a bad guy or that's a bad guy, that's fine. I, 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 would, I would argue most of the world is bad guys, certainly most world leaders. I mean, our, world, our, our leader is a bad guy. Joe Biden's a bad person, a legitimately bad human being. He is. He, he tried to get half the country fired for not taking a vaccine. He's a jerk. They're a bad person. So set, setting aside good or bad... I think a lot of fascination Americans have with Zelensky specifically, and to a lesser extent Putin, is they do seem like guys who love their country. Now, I don't know whether or not they do. How, how would I know? It could all be for show, but they seem like guys who love their country. And we, we Americans, we want that so bad and we don't feel like we've had it for so long. It was a lot of, a lot of Trump's popularity was... Trump really seems like he loves the country. And for so long, prior to Trump, Republicans and Democrats, you just don't get that much of that. And setting, setting the president aside or Democrats or Republicans, there's so much anti-Americanism in every part of the system now. Everything is couched as, well, America sucks. Well, we are pretty evil. Well, America sucks. Every Hollywood movie, sitcom, it's all over the education system. History. You know how much of a history geek I am? Remember my history special on the first TV drops tonight on the killing fields. But you know, you're a history geek. I'm a history geek. I have said this. One of the most disheartening things about where our education system is in this country, it isn't the gender studies class or any of that other stuff. Go read modern history books. Or if, you, if you're not a book person, if you can hardly read like Chris... Go download some history podcasts and listen to how they frame history. Everything is framed from this America kind of sucks basis. Everything is. It is. It's the most disheartening thing in the world. Just our, our country, 
pushes so much anti-Americanism at every single level because the communists have taken over every part of the cultural system that whenever we see another world leader anywhere, even with a crappy country we don't, we don't like, whenever we see another world leader anywhere step up and say, yeah, I love my country. My country is the best. That inspires us because we want that. We want that for us, and we don't have it and haven't had it in a long time. I've said this before, and I mean it. There was, there's, there's, there was this, remember the Democratic primary, the 2019 Democratic primary with all those various communists up there, Elizabeth Warren and Biden and Rear Admiral Buckig and Dome and all the, remember all these guys up there? And there was, there's this common thing that floats around where people would say, if you could ask the candidates one question at the next debate, what would it be? And I always came back to this one. Tell me what you love about America. Think about how the Democratic Party, think about how they campaign now. This sucks and this sucks and you're oppressed and this sucks for you and it's never been fair for you and we've always sucked at this and this sucks and this is terrible. You get endless amounts of that. You don't get America's awesome. America's great. We're blessed to live here. You just don't get it. And it's because of that when we look at it in other places – we crave it. I, I know I do. I'll be honest. That's me, 100%. I'm dying for a patriot up there leading the place. Patriots. Moving on. It's Dr. Jesse Friday. The whole show I spend answering your questions. The ones you email into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. All are welcome. Jesse. You spent considerable time in Montana. Clearly, you must have hunted or been around those who hunted elk. What cartridge was perceived as the ultimate for taking the great wapiti? I did not know elk were even called the great wapiti. Uh, well, yes, I have, I have spent plenty of time hunting elk myself. I, this was something I've talked about before. We would we'd get on horses and we'd pack mules behind us with all the gear we'd need and we'd ride horses and mules into the mountains and we'd just set up elk camp for a week and we'd just go elk hunting the mountains. So yes, I'd spent plenty of time hunting elk. Look, I like guns. I do. So that's not a mystery. I like guns. I am not a gun expert by any stretch of the imagination. There are so many guys out there who've forgotten more than I'll ever know about guns. What, what's the perfect cartridge for hunting an elk? I always hunted them with a 280 and they went down just fine. But there are a million different. That doesn't mean a 280 is the best. There are a million different calibers you can use to hunt elk. People, I, I do think people, especially those who aren't in the north. Well, I shouldn't say the north because there's huge elk all over places like New Mexico. People who aren't in areas where there are elk don't realize how big elk are. Elk are not deer. I want to make sure I stress this so everyone understands. Elk are not deer. Deer, not at all. Chris said, how much bigger? Oh, gosh. Uh, even a mule deer, which is bigger than a whitetail. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I wouldn't be surprised if an elk was three times the size of a mule deer. It's at least twice. They're enormous, Chris. Oh, Chris, you can't even imagine. They're enormous. And if you get one of those big bulls, that's what, the, that's what they call the male elks. The male elks, they're bulls. If you get one of them come crashing through the trees at you because he thinks he has to fight it, you bugle him in and he thinks he has to fight another male – I've been there alone as a scrawny teenager with a big bull out crashing through the woods. You feel like you're about to die. My heart was about to pound out of my chest. Oh, I'm serious, man. I'm serious. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not a gun expert. 
I believe in defending myself. I don't really hunt that much anymore. Nothing against it, but I just I prefer fishing if I'm doing anything like that now. But look, that actually leads me right to this. I'm not a gun expert, but I do know this. You better have something on you that allows you to protect yourself at all times. Do you have a hero gun yet? Does your wife? Does your husband? Does your mom who lives alone? What about your daughter you sent off to college? Your son? Do they have a hero gun? It's a non-lethal gun. Look, if that kid of yours does something stupid and pulls it out at a party and shoots someone with it, it won't be the end of the world. They won't enjoy it, but it won't be the end of the world, but it will save their lives. It creates this pepper chemical cloud that you can't even function. Got a laser sight on it. Don't need a concealed carry permit for it. There's a special discount. If you go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE so you don't have any excuses. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. Make sure you and the people you care about have something they can use to defend themselves with. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. All right? Remember that. And remember, state restrictions may apply. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.